Hey guys, I'm back. Yep, Essen 2018 is over with and this is a special episode where I am basically just going to talk about how it went. This is going to go up on the YouTube channel as well as the podcast. So that's why you're hearing this in two different areas. Now of course, if you're watching the video, you get the advantage of a bit of B-roll footage and some pictures. Obviously on the podcast, you won't get that. But don't worry, aside from that, it's pretty much whichever platform you want to hear it on, that's fine. So yeah, Essen 2018, I am still recovering from it. The problem with it is that it's quite an exhausting convention, and in my case, I get back on the Sunday night, drive home, go to bed, work the next day. And I've been working all week, and I barely had any downtime. You know, I've still got games I need to unwrap out of shrink, you know, that like I bought at Essen. You know, I've managed to playtest some of them, but it's just, oh, it's relentless while trying to keep up with all the chores I had to do around the house and all the, you know, uh, my Halloween event yesterday at DICE that I went to and trying to catch up on all the TV I missed and trying to catch up on the blog stuff, you know, try and get some videos out. Oi, just need some actual downtime where I'm doing nothing but relaxing. Might do that on Sunday. I think I'm going to go for a walk in the hills or something, you know, just something to chill. But yeah, Essen itself great. Loved it. You know, main thing about it is not necessarily the games, it's the people I meet there. I get to hang out with most of the Dice Tower crew while I'm there, as well as a bunch of contributors from the network, you know, like Anna Vassenberg and, you know, several others that I really don't get to see. And on this occasion, it was even better because I not only did I get to see Tom, Sam, C and Eric, as I've been before, I also got to see Jason and even Mandy and Suzanne, who I've never met before. So it was definitely a highlight to see them. And just everybody else, you know, not, you know, other, I hate to use the word celebrities, but other, other content creators, other people in the industry that are famous, you know, designers and publishers and, you know, people who put out videos as well. And what really made for it, made me, uh, I can't even get the words right. What really made it for me was you guys, really was you guys. I've been to conventions before and as this channel was built up, more and more people are becoming aware of it. But I'm still, like, humble. I'm still like, yeah, okay, I'm small fry, nothing's really, you know, it's, it's just there, it's a hobby, it's something to do. And occasionally somebody does come along and say, you know, nice one on the videos or nice one on the podcast. What happened this time? There were loads of you that came up. I mean, I'm not trying to brag here, but, you know, it, it was shocking for me. You know, and um, like I say, some people get people walk up to them literally every five minutes and say hi, which is fair enough, they deserve it. But... Just to have, I, I lost count of how many people sort of approached me at the Dice Tower booth or just in general, but it was so heartwarming to hear from you guys. For you guys to just come up and say hi, you know, shake my hand, you know, give me a hug and just say what you thought of the podcast, what you thought of the videos, ask my opinion on games, on the convention. You guys just made it. Every time one of you guys came up and see me, whether I knew you on Twitter already or whether you were a complete stranger who just happened to watch the content, it put a smile on my face and it won't go away. I loved hearing from you people and like I say, if I'm at any convention and you recognize me, you are more than welcome to come say hi. I will be more than glad to talk to you, to play games with you, whatever, whatever it is I happen to be doing. But it just felt really good, you know, the Essen gives me a, a spark of life to carry on the content because I get to meet lots of people, get to just generally have a good time. You know, the games are almost like a, a secondary concern for me at Essen. It's more the people. In the UK, UK Games Expo, you're restricted on who you can meet. 
And the Dice Tower come along to that as well, but the UK Games Expo is, well, UK really. I haven't got the money to go all the way to the Dice Tower Con as much as I would love to do that at some point. So Essen becomes my trip into Europe to go to a convention. And like I say, loads of other people from, you know, the States, from Europe, Germany, you know, Holland, you know, Netherlands, you know, Scandinavia, UK, Spain, Italy, loads of people go to Essen. And so I get to meet people who watch the content from all sorts of demographics. Not many people in the UK will come up and say hi. It's just the way it is around here. But when I go to Essen, Germans, South Americans, uh, Australians, <laughs> you know, Americans, uh, Dutch, you know, I've, every, French even, you know, every other nationality sort of came up and said hi. And it was just great to hear like a widespread of people, even uh, places in Asia, you know, uh, you got to meet some people who watch the channel from there. And yeah, there was a UK person. I do at least remember one, you know, Sheffield. <laughs> it, was, it was something like that. But yeah, it was great to see you guys. So thank you very much for that. I really appreciate it. So in terms of the games themselves, whoo, um, I have to admit, as I'm a content creator, the more I do game reviews, it's certainly apparent that maybe I'm getting a bit more picky with the games that I go, yes, this is amazing, you should get it. Because there was a lot of times where people asked me, what games, oh, what's the big hit of Essen? And I couldn't think of one. I really couldn't. Now, I've not played every single game at Essen. That is physically impossible to do. So there may be a hit there that I just didn't get to play. And there are certainly some very popular games there that I did not get to play for whatever reason. I have yet to play Blackout, but I do have a copy of it. I did not get to play Tio or whatever it's called, City of Gods. I, mean, I just call it Tutankhamun City of Gods. I don't care if it's the wrong, you know, part of history or the wrong country of the world or something. It's just easier to say that name. But I didn't get to play it because demo tables were filled up and the publisher very stupidly didn't think to limit uh, purchases to one per person. So it sold out within like a day and a half. Yeah, well done on that. But, you know, I didn't get to play that, and there was another cool one that I really regret I missed called Selenia, which I pretty much knew nothing about. I didn't go to the Asma Day lot until probably the last day, which was probably a mistake. And when I did see it, it's like, oh, this looks so pretty, I want to play it. And the tables were all filled. Great. But that, I had friends coming from Southampton and Portsmouth going there as well, and some of them have bought the games that I didn't get to play, and vice versa. So... That's how it works. It's a case of, oh, you got City of God, Selenia, and uh, and that one as well. Okay, can you teach me those? In return, well, I got a Ray Colt and Architects of the West Kingdom and Western Legends. How about that? So we we tend to sort of switch and sw switch and swap, you know, <laughs> you know, switch and swap games around in order to get them all played. So certainly they're all going to get done. What sort of stuff have I got? Well. There's still too much to get out of shrink wraps and that, but suffice to say, I filled up two AEG bags, you know, those big shoulder strap things, as well as the big um, occasion drum bag that I use now for carrying games. I filled them all up and then some. You know, I normally try to pace myself at Essen. This year, not so much. I knew that I had a way to get the games home despite only traveling hand luggage. Unfortunately, this did mean that on the last day of the convention, a friend of mine, Russell Blitz, um, he does the sort of home coffee, uh, you know, charity events that I help out at, and he also works on the Queen stand a lot. In fact, he was on the Queen stand at Essen this year. And, you know, thank to him. <laughs> I owe him a game, I owe him several pints, I owe him something, because he ferried all my games home in his car. Granted, this did mean that I had to walk from the hotel, which was a short distance from the metro, but any distance 
to walk with two AEG bags, a satchel, a holdall with my normal like uh, traveling stuff in it, and my Cajon drum bag, five bags, any distance while carrying all of that full of games is painful. I'm literally, I, I think my shoulders literally are three times bigger than they were before I went to Essen. They were in pain. It was painful trying to get from, from, from my hotel to the convention where his car was. You know, people actually recognized me getting off the train and it was a shame that you had to see me then because I was near death. <laughs> I was not in the best position for that. But did get a bunch of stuff back, so I, I haven't got all the bags here. I'm not going to show every game I purchased, you know. you know, I put it on my Twitter, I put it on my Facebook page, so you can see my hauls there. But, I mean, I got a bag here. Let me just reach into... This one looks like it was the expansion bag, as I call it, where most of the stuff I put in here was expansions. Because, frankly, there weren't that many games that were new that I was like, Oh, gotta try it, gotta try it, gotta try it. I mainly went on a spending spree to begin with for expansions. So, what have we got here then? Uh, Imperial Settlers Amazon. Definitely wanted that. Thank you, Portal. Um, another expansion. Uh, the Potion Explosion. Sixth Student. I don't care about having extra players, but a nice uh, solid dispenser and some of the extra rules in it does sound pretty sweet. Uh, we've got a base game here. Um, we've got Spy Club. Yep, this one, uh, you know, I, I tried a demo of it. It's a very simplistic deduction game. Great for families. You know, I think some of my friends might like this, you know, with their kids. Uh, but I like the idea that the deck is, you know, it's full of plot twists and narrative and ways to change up each game. And it depends what you do in each game as to what happens with it. So, you know, it was, it was a very neat little family game. Uh, what else we've got here? We've got uh, Flamme Rouge uh, Meteo. Love Fram Rouge, so the idea of putting weather in it sounds really, really good. Uh, let's see, what next? Um, oh, this titchy little one here. Uh, Celestia, little initiative. Tiny one, easy. Probably cost too much for what it is, but what the hell. Um, uh, Coimbra. Yeah, this was a weird one. I'm not even certain why I bought this. It's basically a dice tray, but it's got some you know new dice. It's kind of like a mini expansion, but it can hold all the dice in here. Whether this will sit in the box though, I don't know. I'm almost slightly regretting getting this one, but we'll see, we'll see. The mini expansion sounds pretty good though. Uh, this is, ah, this was the first thing I bought. Oh yes, hmm, ah yes. Caverna the Forgotten Folk. I have wanted an expansion for Caverna for so long, so long. And finally we have it. It's a fan-made expansion that's now been published properly. I've already read the rule book to it. It's still in shrink, but I've read the rule book online. Oh, more furnishing tiles and eight races, and the races sound really cool. Not drastic changes to, uh, when you play each race, but enough to make you try different strategies and just have differentiation among players. Cannot wait to get this in my Gruner set. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Santa Maria, American Kingdoms. Yeah, so, you know, I, I said that Santa Maria could use an expansion to really fluff it out more. Here you go. Maybe this will work. Well, that's more of a gamble, that one. Uh, this one was a, uh, uh, yeah, this was kind of um, on the hood. I'm, I'm not sure what to make with this one, but I'm quite, I think it was more the cover got me. Spell Smashers. This is, um, a, well, one thing I will say, if you want to ask me which publisher I think knocked out of the park this year, Renegade. Everything I played by Renegade, I was like, yes, this is good. And a lot of my purchases and like freebie copies and that were Renegade. So they were really, you know, they were really doing it well today. So Spell Smashers, yeah, I, I, I just got interested by the cover. You know, a band of heroes shouting words like bravery, righteous, and hamster. Hey, eh? <laughs> You're basically fighting fantasy creatures with a sort of deck building, um, almost, almost deck building like uh, spelling game. 
So, hmm, paperback fantasy much? You know, I don't, like I say, I like spelling games, I like word games, you know, so they're quite fun to do. I wanted to try it out. This, I have no idea what it's like. It looked cool on the table. I have no idea what it's about. No idea what to do with it. Don't even recognize the designer much. But it's by Renegades. That already gives them a plus point in my book. And certainly makes me want to try their games. But this one is Passing Through Petra. Again, I have no idea what this is about. I literally just got it on a whim. Just thought, you know what? Every other game I demoed today by Renegade was solid. I'm sure, this one's half decent. Uh, what are you? You're a powerful citizen growing your settlement and your reputation. As caravans pass through the canyons, you welcome traders into your market and facilitate trade with those looking to get their hands on valuable wares. Use these transactions to spread your influence and gain unique benefits by leveraging the game's unique tile-pushing mechanism. Hmm. Well, I'll say the board does look cool. You know, you're traveling towards Petra and it looks fairly basic. We'll see. I mean, we will see. I have completely gambled on this one. You know, but... A unique tile pushing mechanism. We'll see. You know, I'm all up for innovation in my games. There's not enough room on this table to put stuff. And finally in this box, yep, the final one in this bag that I'm going to get out. Ah yes, my second major purchase. Western Legends. Why did I not kickstart this, you moron? <laughs> Why did I not pre-order it, you moron? But they didn't have the expansions there, which was a bit of a shame. But to be honest, I still don't know if I like the game or not. But Sandbox. Western, I think I'll probably like this one, but yeah, I am eager to get this one to the table ASAP. So obviously the big thing that people are sort of asking is, oh, when are you going to review this and when are you going to review that? Let's be um, realistic here, guys. I already have a tight schedule. You know, I've got to do reviews. I've got to do top 10 lists. You want me to do solo walkthroughs? I have to still prepare for that. And recently my Patreon campaign leveled up so much that not only has it blitzed the um, Adobe Creative Suite goal, which I have recently just installed. So I now have Audition, I have a Photoshop, Premiere Pro, After Effects. I've got all these products that I need to learn how to use them. I need to watch a ton of Adobe tutorials and it's just finding the time to get a chance to sit down and really focus on it because I'm going to be self-teaching this. I wish there were some decent courses that I could do, but sadly I've also got to do a job on the side. <laughs> you know, a job on the side, yeah, if only. And like I say, I've got to be realistic. Not every game here is getting a review. In fact, most of them probably won't because it's more that if, if it was given to me as a review copy, or if it was discounted as a result of doing a review, they will get reviews. You know, that is what the deal is. If it hasn't, I will review it if I deem it to be popular enough to review. So it might be feedback from you guys, it might be just that because I see the game getting so much buzz and hype that it deserves a review. Like I guarantee you, I'm gonna be reviewing Blackout because everybody was going nuts for that one. And when I asked people about it, I basically looked at the tables and I thought, not much of a looker. Alex Fister, oh god, yeah, everybody's gone hyped up again, you know, because, so, like I say, great guy, but Isle of Sky is the only game I like that he's done, so it's, it's just things like that, you know, I don't like how mechanics seem to overcomplicate the game for me, but, you know, I ask people about it, and they're like, okay, so uh, what do you know about this game? Nothing. Okay, have you played the game? No. Uh, have you even seen it? Nope. Okay, uh, you know who designed it? Oh, Alex! Oh, it's, it's, literally, they go fanboy. It's the same as I mentioned that name. So, this is a big hype train that Blackout is. So, I got a copy. I'm going to play it. We're going to find out what that train's all about. I guarantee that's getting a review. Also, guarantee, um, wasn't in my bag, but uh, 
Quartermaster General, uh, the Cold War. Got sold it on a discount, and Ian Brody was there for me to have a conversation with and sign the game. So that doesn't mean it's going to get an automatic great review, okay? I'm not biased here, but it's certainly getting a review on that basis. Like I say, I like um, Quartermaster General 1914. I think that's my favourite so far. Um, I sort of like the original, but I didn't like the way the card system worked in it, but the expansions helped. So I'm hoping that this one is giving me what I want in a Quartermaster General game. So we'll see, you know, the Cold War. Uh, what else do I feel like I should review? Probably Western Legends. I, I feel that deserves a review because it's quite a big deal. Uh, the expansions probably aren't going to get reviews because it's a lot of... Well, they're certainly not going to get video reviews. Maybe they'll get written reviews, you know, some of them, one of them or something. But for the most part, they will probably be left out because expansions don't get the, uh, the views or the requests as much as a base game does. I'm trying to think what else I've got. Oh, probably Architects of the West Kingdom. Maybe Ray Cole, I don't know, but um, uh, both of them from Renegade. But Ray Cole is the Uri Rosenberg Icelandic uh, farming game. So well, we're farming out of greenhouses, so that might get a review. But probably I'll review Architects of the West Kingdom, though, because that's got a fair bit of buzz. It was very popular at the convention. I played it. I, d I did like three, what was it, I think half a game of it or something. And thought, wow, this has got good potential. I've read the rules in full. I've got high hopes for this one, so I'm going to get it to the table, and I will review that one. That is a definite. I've got to find out more about it, and I feel that, good or bad, it needs to be talked about. So, like I say, there's a lot of other games I purchased. I can't even remember them off the top of my head. I think I emptied out Empress 4's booth of most of their little games, because, I mean, I love Hannah Mikoji. So I wanted Kyoto, Herbalism, uh, yeah, Walking Through Brano, the new one. Didn't get Realms of Sand, because it sold out before I could make a decision as to whether to buy it or not. Yeah, when I go to this convention, I don't instantly go, Ooh, game, buy. You know, that's not how I work. I'm, I've got to, you know, I'm not made out of money. So I've got to be a bit more picky about what I purchase. And so I'll be on and R and going, I don't know, do I want it? Do I think that's enjoyable? And then by the time I realise I do or not, it's sold out. I got really annoyed because I forgot to go to Eagle Griffin's booth and get the deluxe upgrade for Lisboa. Forgot to get those pieces, and they sold out, and they had a gallerist expansion as well. It's like, oh, duh. you idiot, look, you idiot, you idiot. But, you know, that's the way the convention goes. You cannot do everything at that convention. You cannot get everything. You have to accept that there is some stuff you're going to completely miss, uh, leave too long, and it'll sell out, or just plain ignore, you know, on the basis that someone else has got it, or you just can't carry it all home. Next year, though, I intend to drive to Essen, which is going to be the longest journey I've ever made in a car, and I've certainly not done it across Europe before, so it's going to be a bit of a challenge. Maybe I'll stop off in Belgium on way, but, you know, I want to have the car for myself. I want to have that convenience. I will drive to the convention each day, park it up. It will probably be cheaper than, you know, taking a public transport route, but public transport this time just let me down. The planes are always delayed. I hate airports with a passion of waiting around and getting there early. They suck. And, you know, so planes delayed, I had to sit next to six drunken jerks on the way back from Essen. Like, literally, these people, you know, you know did they have, like, a couple of brain cells to sh share between them? They were drunk out of their heads and just being really rowdy and being quite mean to the staff on the staff on the airplane, you know, the stewardesses and that. You know, purposely, like, packing stuff in really badly and then just leaving it for them to sort out. And it's like, um, excuse me, you know, it's... 
So yeah, it wasn't great to sit with them. And again, planes got delayed. The train couldn't go direct to Essen because of a building site. So you had to try and divert around, which is very difficult when you don't speak German, <laughs> I'm ashamed to say. So it was good to actually meet up with two friends of mine who can actually speak a little bit of German. That was very handy. But yeah, so yeah, I'm thinking of driving next year and hopefully that will be a better way for me to do it. So what sort of stuff was I getting up to at Essen in general? Well, with Essen, I go around usually on the first day and I buy everything I need to buy, like the essential stuff I wanna buy. I go and get that done, dump it at the Dice Tower booth and I'm good, at least for that bit. Then I start working on demos and I just kind of intermingle them throughout the rest of the convention. Now on Saturday, it's a little harder to do demos, so I tend to restrict myself on those and just uh, you know network with people on that day. But even then, everyone's quite busy. If you're going to go to Essen and you're thinking, oh, do I need to go for all four days? You could skip Saturday because it's just really, really busy. Use that day to go visit Hamburg or Berlin or something. You know, go spend some time with your loved one, your spouse or something. You know, you don't have to go to the convention every single day. And if you're gonna skip one, Saturday is probably your best bet just because how busy it can get. But whilst I was going around doing demos, I was also ch chatting to as many people as I could. You know, I came across some, you know, some content creators I hadn't even heard of before. You know, uh, Cardboard East was another, um, you know, a show that I was made aware of at the convention. I, I must confess, I didn't know it before. I felt really bad because he knew my show, I didn't know his. It's like, oh God, that sounds a bit awkward. But I can check out his content now and have a look. You know, uh, an English speaker that can review Taiwanese and Asian sort of like board games and that. Sounds pretty good, you know what? Because I walked across several stores like Japan Brand and Taiwan Board Games and all those collectives and you see all these games and you can't read a single title. <laughs> you have no idea what any of them are. They're just there. You know, they make a lot of games over there in the Asian countries. And it's almost like me reverting back to when I started gaming because when I first started getting into this hobby, it was like a kid in a candy store. You're going around, oh, look at all the lovely games. I want to try them all. That kind of, that feeling has kind of died down now as you've played a lot more games. But when you go around the uh, Asian game stores, you revert back to that kid in the candy store because you have no idea what all these games are and you just want to try them all and you can't. You know, it is literally like you've got some invisible parent like tugging you away. It's like, no, I want to try them all. It, but nope, that doesn't happen. But, you know, I was intermingling demos and I was also on the Dice Tower booth a lot of the time, at least two hours a day, probably longer because I just like to hang around there. You know, I get to talk to the Dice Tower crew, which is not something I get to do very often. And, you know, they're a great bunch. Particularly as I'd, I'd never met Mandy and Suzanne before. I'd only heard them on the, the Dice Tower podcast. And in person, they are just some of the jolliest people I've ever seen. They're just, they're just so happy and talkative. And even got to play a little game called, I think, what was it, Wreck Traders or something like that. It was a deep sea diving um, archaeological like little Euro game. Got to play that with uh, Mandy and her friend. And we had a blast. We were just having nice, light-hearted fun about it. They're really nice people, honestly. Everybody on the Dice Tower is really nice. So, you know, it was great to hang around there on the stool and just meet people that I hadn't met for a while. And of course, talk to you guys who came over to the booth and said hi, even like asked to, you know, be in a few pictures and signs and posters and that. And believe me, I still do, I still can't get used to that. <laughs> you know, I'm not the sort of person who thinks, oh yeah, I should be signing my autographs and stuff like that because I'm just some random guy talking about games. You know, I'm nobody special, but you know, when somebody comes on and says, oh, do you want to be in the picture or can you sign this for me? It's like, I have to pause because it's not something I'm used to. You know, I love it, but it's shocking because I don't expect it. So it, it's one of those great things. 
Now, sadly, I did not go to the Dice Tower live show this time. That was probably a, a regret, but to be honest, I was helping out on the booth, so I figured, you know, they were going to be short-staffed. I thought I would help out there, and to be honest, it's going to go up on YouTube anyway, so I figured I could, I could do with it missing it this one year, not being in the audience. Instead, though, I did go to one seminar that I particularly enjoyed, which was Ignacy Trevichek's Portal Seminar. It was kind of like a keynotes thing. It was when he was doing his live YouTube broadcast of all this stuff that was coming out from Portal, you know, future games, future expansions, this is what we're doing. And then once that was done, as well as that being really cool, we got to ask him questions and get some really good behind the scenes stuff, which no, I am not spoiling for you, okay? Uh, 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 uh. That was from our, our, our eyes only, it wasn't for public knowledge. But anything that was on his little YouTube broadcast, which I think you can probably find on the Portal website, that's free to know. And I certainly recommend you go and check it out, some, some cool stuff coming from Portal in the future, particularly if you're a fan of some of the, like, the more popular games from Portal's regime. One thing I really did get to find out at the uh, keynote seminar, though, which was great, was PortalCon. This is a convention, two nights held in Poland, done by Portal, and I've never really even batted an eyelid about it before, because it's like, oh, it's a convention in another country, I won't be able to afford it, whatever. And only two nights, a bit of a mission. But this occasion I might decide otherwise. They're celebrating their 20th birthday next year, and as a result, they're gonna make a big deal at various events. But I'm transitioning between two jobs currently. You know, I made like speculations on the podcast and videos that I'm like trying to sort out my job and employment at the moment. I'm leaving my current job, I've handed in my notice before Essen, and I'm gonna start a new job in February, early February. But I will finish my current job mid-January, so I get two weeks unpaid break. And, you know, I don't desperately have to worry about two weeks unpaid. I've got savings, I'll be all right. But to be honest, a two-week holiday, I'll take it. But as a result, PortalCon is right bang smack in the middle of that two-week break. Two nights in Poland to a convention I've never been to. Ignacity will help me out trying to find the best hotel where they're all going to be and stuff like that. So, yeah. You know what? I think I probably will be at PortalCon 2019. I will give it a try. I mean, how expensive can it be to go to Poland in the middle of January? That's not like big season for holidaying in Poland, is it? I don't know. I've got no idea. I work with a Polish colleague and I know very little about Poland. So it'll be an interesting learning experience. I mean, I had to Google just to find out that they didn't use the euro. They have a, was it Zytol? Zytolto? I don't know. It's like a different Polish currency. So yeah, my knowledge on Poland is somewhat limited. So it'll be a good learning experience. Like I say, two nights in Poland, in the middle of a transition between jobs, shouldn't be that expensive, and it's a new convention. So yeah, PortalCon 2019, a surprise uh, you know, addition to my convention regime for next year. So in terms of Essen, you know, there's not much else to talk about. I love the people there, I love the games, and I mean, I mentioned some there. What else did I, what else did I get to play? Can I mention a few more? Um, I managed to try Newton at the very last minute before I set off my flight. Newton was a sort of Euro, basically a Euro dry mechanical game. You know, there's no theme in it whatsoever. But it's got an interesting card play mechanic where your actions get more and more powerful as you go through the game and you can buy cards to have like greater actions or more benefits to the cards. And there's multiple paths to victory. It's pretty smooth, pretty like, easy flowing. I enjoyed it, it was a good game. I just wish it had more theme to it. But Newton was very popular there, and so I'll give that one a look when it releases, sorry, on retail. Uh, what else was there? Let's see. Not including what I pulled out the bag. Uh, 
trash. I think, uh, what would it be? Come on, let's have a look. Come on, think, 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 think. Um, well, Everdell I didn't buy in the end. I thought I'll wait for the second edition printing of that one. So, you know, wasn't too... I thought I'll wait, you know, I can wait. It's not too much of a problem. Uh, come on, there was other stuff I played. Uh, well, Realm of Sand was good. I liked Realm of Sand. You're basically putting tiles on these grids and you're attempting to put them in a, in a formation that matches these cards. And there's shenanigans you can do with the tiles. It's pretty simple. It's another example of how Empress 4 put out some really interesting little games. Uh, ah, horrible games. Origin, um, not Origin. Um, alone. That was it. Yes, I did get a chance to play that. I, you know, was very lucky to have two very lovely ladies and another and a bloke with who played three dungeon masters versus me. It's a sci-fi dungeon crawl in a sense where you've got one hero and three dungeon masters. One, you know, they can all see the map behind their screen. Each of them has got different cards they can use. They can communicate, and it's one person against all three. I love being the one person in those sort of games. That's why I like being the agent in uh, Spectre Ops. But that one was interesting. I liked the way it played. It wasn't particularly clunky. It had some variety in the cards that you could get, and I liked the way that the opponents, those dungeon masters, can play mind games with you as to whether you've. Where did you hear that noise? Did you hear it north? Are they lying? Is your motion tracker on the fritz? You know, the stuff like that was really cool. Downside? Very pricey. It was like 85 euro for like the box and the expansion. I mean, that's pretty pricey. Especially when, and maybe they had a pre-production copy as the demo, I don't know. Um, so I might be wrong on this. But what we were playing wasn't exactly a looker. So for that kind of money, I thought it was a bit hefty for the price tag, but the game itself I thought was pretty solid. So alone was a definitely a good one. Uh, what else? Um, well, Quartermaster General of the Cold War, I did get to play a, a short uh, demo of that. I enjoyed what I saw so far. We were playing three players, and that's normally a death sentence for the Quartermaster series. Worked brilliantly in this case. So if this new Cold War can solve the whole thing of, I must play it with six players, otherwise it sucks issue, then Fantastic, it could be just what I need. Uh, there was a Taiwanese board game called Fortune City or something. Yeah, that was okay. It was a light-hearted city-building game. I wasn't desperate for that one. It was quite hard to exactly know the rules when <laughs> they weren't exactly in English. Uh, what else was there? There were... Um, with the demos, I mean, there were some games that I thought, yeah, these are really cool. But there weren't many games where I was like, oh my god, this is amazeballs. I want this game and everybody should get it. I just didn't feel that with Essen this year. You know, like I say, I'm probably getting more picky on games. I want innovation. I want uh, something new. And if it can't bring something new to the table, I kind of sort of think, well, this is good, but I have this game. And there's that game. Why do I need to worry about this one? But on that note, uh, let's see. Uh, well, here's a perfect example of that. Azul, Sinatra or Sinatra or something. The stained glass window version. Very good game. Looks lovely. But it is 90% Azul. <laughs> you know, there is no reason to own both of those games. If you don't own any of them, then pick Azul if you want the lighter one, or the stained glass Sinatra one if you want the slightly more meaty version. Other than that, they are the same game. I don't care how you try and argue this, they are the, it is the exact same, you know, ring of tiles, choosing, restrictions, first player marker, negative point, it's the exact same mechanic with some very minor tweaks to how negative points are stacked up. 
Other than that, the only difference is the fact that you're building windows and columns and you have this little pawn that moves it in a, in a line to say where you can build. That is literally the only difference. So, good game. Just don't feel that you need to own both. Uh, what else? Um, uh, Decal. I've been wanting to play that game for so long. I really wanted to play Decal. It looked great, an exploration game, the new like French reprint of it or something. It looked gorgeous, and it is gorgeous. It looks amazing on the table. They didn't tweak any of the rules though from 1995 or whenever it was made, and it shows. That was a that was the biggest disappointment of the entire convention. Playing Decal, wanting to play Decal, and it sucked. I mean, I'm not saying the game's horrible, but it just Anything that I didn't want in the game decided to be in this game because it's like oh you're exploring okay This is quite cool, right? So you're building up these um, temples. Okay, wait a minute players can just come and nick them off you and If you get caught in this situation, you can't recover and I can call the leader halfway through the game and oh my god no and the game is cutthroat and mean and dated as old get out these are mechanics that do not work now in modern games. They were fine back in the 90s, but they really needed some streamlining or some, some revisions to them. And Takao just, oh my god, I felt so disappointed when I played that game. And knowing that Mexica and Cusco, which I was wanting to actually play, Cusco was on my list of anticipated games, knowing that they're in the same vein, with the same level of cutthroat nature and that, no, I didn't want them. I stayed away from them. Takao put me off them. And oh, it was such a shame. I'd wanted to play that for so long, but I guess, like I say, gotta be careful when you get hyped up about a game because you could just be leading yourself up for disappointment. Uh, what else? What else? I know I demoed other games. Come on. It's, it's hard to remember them all because there was always so many. Well, Architects of the West Kingdom. Yeah, Renegade games. Um, Architects of the West Kingdom, very good demo. Loved the game I was playing there. I look forward to playing a proper full version of it. Uh, Ray Colt. That was a cool little game. Uh, this is Uwe Rosenberg's kind of light to mid-weight. Um, I'd say mid-weight rather than light. But it's, you know, it's definitely lighter than a lot of his other fares. It's kind of on the same par as Noosford in terms of its uh, complexity level. But I say that Raycolt is better than Noosford. Noosford is okay, but it's got stupid little things in it like the weird feeding mechanic. That stupid little board that you've got to pile up wood and that on it, which is not big enough. The whole, like, shares... Shares, you want me to do stock trading in a farming and fishing game? Why? You know, I, I wasn't a fan of Noosefall. It was okay, but it was just another Euro with some weird additions. Raycolt kicks that out of the way and fills that nice gap of a simpler, but a simpler Euro that feels like it's Uri Rosenberg. You know, you're farming vegetables and like vegetables that have greenhouses in order to have a race in order to feed all the hungry tourists. It's a neat little change from his usual work, but it still feels like an Uri Rosenberg game, and it's very well produced, love the look of it, even though I do have to glue one of the um, carts back on because I accidentally folded it the wrong way when I put it together. Whoops. But yeah, Ray Colt was a solid demo as well. Uh, Spy Club, I just mentioned, yeah, yeah that was a good demo. Uh, what else? Um, must have been others. It's hard to say, because I mean, I only demoed so much there. You can only get into so many games. Um, I only mentioned Azul. I uh, didn't need to demo any of these ones. I didn't demo Spell Smashers or Petra. I just ended up getting them. I know there was others. Hmm. Can't think of them off the top of my head. But like I say, uh, there, you know, there was certainly a lot of games I demoed. There was plenty enough that I purchased. 
and there were certainly a lot of people I met. So I can't really say much more. You know, I'll do another video previewing Essen next year because I will be going to Essen next year. Don't worry. I'll be going next year and taking a car and I'll do a preview video and a review video of that as well. But just to say that I really enjoyed myself. You know, it was a blast to be at that convention. It is busy, it is noisy, it is a giant trade fair, but the atmosphere just wins you over. Not entire praise, of course. They did have some big issues with regards to the lack of ability to pay by card. You know, you pretty much have to take cash there and nothing else unless you are talking to a German company. And on top of that, there were some issues of larceny taking place with some big thefts taking um, place on certain publishers because when you basically say that most places won't take card, everybody is one giant collection of walking bags of gold and publishers struggle to keep their money in a safe place and there were some thefts, which is not a good thing. It's going to put people wanting to go back, put people off wanting to go back to Essen if they know their money's going to get nicked. You know, so, you know, Essen Convention Center, Messer Essen, you need to sort this out. Get a better internet signal for your um, card machines. Soften up the red tape for non-German companies to get the card machines in there. Otherwise, you're, the theft issue is just going to go all over the place. So, not all good, but that's more from a publisher standpoint. From, you know, a consumer standpoint, the convention is great. It's just a solid one to go to. You certainly need to bear in mind the survival tips for being there. But I'm not going to do that in a review video. I've already done it, I think, in one or two podcasts and videos in the previous time. And obviously, when I do uh, Essen 2019 preview, I will go over some survival tips then. So, I'm going to wrap this one up because I've got, like I say, a ton of these games to unwrap. I have lots of presents. Mm, lots of presents. It's all mine. It's like Christmas, even though I had to spend money on these. <coughs> it's a very expensive Christmas. But yes, I got plenty of stuff to open. I better get on move on with it. So that's it for me. Hope you've enjoyed this video or podcast, depending on which way you were listening to it. Normal services review, uh, review, resuming, there will be some, you know, I am going to get the top 10 five player games uh, out soon and then the top 10 uh, games that stress me out in a good way. You know, that will happen. There's reviews coming for things like Heaven and Ale and uh, Nemo's War, which will be a written review. You know, I've got to do some of these as written in order to catch up with them. Uh, but also, I've just done a written review for Time Stories, Brotherhood of the Coast. You can go check that out. Uh, what else am I going to be doing? Oh, yes, I've got copies of Keyforge. And, oh, that was a demo I did. Keyforge, very cool game. But I'm not going to say much more because I will be doing a Keyforge review very soon. And I've also got a copy of Discover Lands Unknown. So I'll be playing through that solo and giving my thoughts on that one. Maybe, like, first impressions after so many plays and maybe a thing at the end. We'll see. So, yeah i got a busy times ahead, but that's why I like this habit. So much to do, just got to avoid burnout and just get on with it because there's so much stuff to unwrap and I'm almost up to date with my TV, so I've got more time to actually get on with it. Hey, what can I say? I like all the DC shows and Daredevil Season 3 is solid so far. I've got to finish that series. So, uh, yeah, that's it for me. I'll see you on the next Broken Meeple episode. And remember... Doesn't matter if you're out of pocket after Essen or so tired that you can't go to work the next day. Remember, they're still only games. Take care, and I'll see you soon.